This is Michigan's retirement coach, Mike Douglas. And I'm Heather Branch here with Mike talking about ways you can be working now in effort to better prepare for your financial future and the goals you have for your retirement years. Lifeplanwealth.com is where you can go to begin the conversation with Mike and his team. We also have links posted in the show notes or again, it's lifeplanwealth.com. All right. So we've addressed the fact that as much as you are a musician, you don't really attend concerts for pleasure. You play a lot of public music that you're, pl- yeah. you're you you listen to weird educational podcasts. I'm like, <laughs> yes. what do you do? For Long a fun- format. What do you do for a good time? Uh, and we have, I think that the, I don't even know where you are with really movies exactly. I just know that you love stand up so much that that's just kind of the default thing we go to. I don't really watch movies. I fall asleep during most of them. Well, you are a father of four young children and yeah. you are a business owner. And oh, by the way, you've got a, a wife to keep happy. <laughs> you got a couple yeah. of things going on, friend. Not in those order, by the way, in case she watches this podcast. That's, that's right. not the order of importance. Uh, Kimberly. This is the order you happen to list them. Uh, we got you, girl. <laughs> happy wife. Happy life. <laughs> that's right. Number one. Um, okay. So. So, and I guess Conan O'Brien, he's much more of a writer than he is a stand-up, even though he's done stand-up tours, but much more well-known for his late-night show hosting. I can't remember the last time I was up. His show is now, his TV show, he has left that because he is so knee-deep in the podcasting world. He owns his own podcasting, like, enterprise. Yeah, yeah. And um, before he, though, entered into the podcasting phase, he was obviously, like I was saying, he was well-known for his late-night hosting. And did you ever watch the Conan O'Brien show? Yeah, it used to be kind of like a guilty pleasure because it was on after Jay Leno. Yeah, it was like, I don't care so, the last time I was up late enough to watch a late night show anymore. When I was like in high school, mm-hmm. I was like, I was supposed to be in bed by about 11, 11, 15. Yeah. But I would watch to the end of Jay Leno. Yeah. And then if if my parents weren't paying attention, I'd stay up and watch like the opening monologue. Yeah. Of, you know, because they always do stand up there and they do their little monologue at first. And then they end up going back to their... So I was trying to stay up for his because I thought he was pretty funny. And he I was is. I was a young kid and he was pretty sophomore. Yeah. And so it was him and Andy. It was like a good... It was really funny to it me. It was definitely, you could tell it was great for late night TV because some a lot of their sketches, it was just like loopy and you a oh, lot yeah. of people were loopy up at that hour. Yep. Uh, but what's also funny is that, like I said, his TV show has ended, but he continues to get all this viral internet success because yeah. of how good the bits were and thanks to YouTube and things like that, people are, are able to watch his videos. So wanted to bring up another clip that was from the old days of the Conan O'Brien TV show and thinking about our past mistakes, the spoof that they created back in the day on Conan's show. I'll just let, I'll let the audio speak for itself here. What if you had purchased Apple stock before the launch of the iPhone? What if you had bought Amazon before it was the only place people shopped? At Hindsight Financial, you don't have to wonder how rich you could have been because we'll show you. Our advisors will walk you through every single opportunity you missed. Let us show you how many years earlier you could have retired. Oh, the life you would have had. Hindsight Financial. Coulda, shoulda, woulda. The thing is, it's funny because it's true. Every single person in this world has a coulda, shoulda, woulda moment when it comes to money, when it comes to a job or a raise they didn't ask for, an investment that they wanted to make, or investment, something that they had that they should have sold earlier. Mm-hmm. Instead of dwelling on the past, let's talk about the things that you can help us prevent in the way of preventing coulda, shoulda, woulda attitudes. Right. What to watch out for before we're retired. So I guess this conversation really is for the folks that are maybe in their mid to 
late 50s or early 50s, thinking about retirement in the next five to 10 years or so. Things that we could watch for before we retire so that we don't have this remorseful mentality. Yeah. I think that there's a couple things. And okay. before I go into talking about that, like the the idea of the the hindsight, right? Like yeah. the there's also kind of this funny side of it too, because while they're joking about, you know, what you should have done, mm-hmm. there is an element of the financial world that will build out models and investment plans based on what would have happened had you been in this. Okay. And therefore we should do it for the future. It's called back testing. And what you do in back testing is you say, I have a concept about a financial principle. And you can use whatever. If I use a 30-day moving average and I use a Bollinger Band, if I trace them together, I go back 20 years and see if I had bought only blue chip growth stocks, right? Or only semiconductors or only transportation stocks. What would it have done? You take this hypothesis, it's like a scientific uh, methodology. You take an hypothesis, an idea of I have this, this, this. What if I had done this? And then you run it through a series of tests that have already happened. Mm-hmm. What ha- And the popular ones are the 2001, 2002, 2003 drop, the 2007, 8, 9 crash, COVID crash. Now the new one is the run up and the hyperinflation and the interest rate spike that we're going through right now. Okay. So you run them through these series of events. And you say, all right, well, here's how it would have done in the past. So now I'm going to use that to build a plan for the future. It's what happens quite a bit. It's called backtesting. But what, interestingly enough, it's also what kind of like what Bernie Madoff was doing, except for Bernie Madoff said, what happened yesterday in the newspaper? All right, we're just going to pretend like we did that. So it's a very interesting thing how there's this fine line between super illegal and practical planning. Okay. It's very interesting the way it works itself out. If you've never watched the Bernie Madoff documentaries, because what we do is we take backtesting history to Uh say, all right, based on that, here's what we think will happen in the future. And it's called backtesting. And so when you say what you should have done yesterday, that's how I always feel like it. When you say, when someone says, here's my portfolio looks so great. How long has it been active? Well, six months. And has the last six months the market been good? Well, yeah, it was really good during those six months. Mm-hmm. Well, congratulations. What happened before that? Well, according to back testing over the last 20 years, it would have done this and this and this. And yeah, but it's been live for six months. So that's kind of that thing. Whenever I hear that the hindsight, it's like, here's what we did or what we would have done had we had, but you did have the option to do that 20 years ago. You just didn't do it. And so to look back, it's always interesting, but that's just kind of my little rant about uh, when people, <laughs> the hindsight, it really yeah. struck a chord with me because I, I, so many people come out with these plans. Yeah. You know, if I had done this, I would have done this. So yeah, if you had made these decisions based on the knowledge we have now sure. about the mortgage crisis in 2007, 8, and 9. You would have done it different. Of course. You would have done it different. And this That's is someone who potentially could have been one of the people who lost their houses in that process, mm-hmm. right? Well, now that I know that, I wouldn't do that. Well, yeah, that's how you learn. It doesn't mean you can go back and pretend like in the, the next bubble. That's why everybody's looking for the next bubble to burst, the next what if that's going to crash the market mm-hmm. because they don't want to be on the other end like they were last time. Right. But anyways, I'll get off of that and go back to what we're talking about. Pack up this soapbox. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> now that I'm done, lifeplanwealth.com, you know? <laughs> so, But... Let's let's go away from a, what okay. you shouldn't do, okay. and let's talk about what you to a plan that you use. But really, it's a plan of if I know these things, I need to account for. I can avoid the pitfalls. So the first one is overspending. When you're talking about retirement planning, people say all the time, "No, no, no, I could take a pay cut. I could live on less money." I say, "You won't, though." Yeah, and nor should you. We no. have to or want to. Just because you retired, now you have free time 
and the ability to travel and you're healthy and you're ready to do. So now you want to take a 40% pay cut. Right. That doesn't make any sense to me. Right. We need to figure out is what are you living on net after you've made your contributions, after you've uh, paid taxes, after you've done all this stuff, you're in 150 grand, but you bring home 110. Okay. 110 is what actually shows up in your bank account. Then we need to try and build a retirement plan around 110 blending in social security, uh, pensions, if you get it or pulling from your investments. But we need to use a real number because what happens oftentimes is people say, no, no, no. I know I used to net 110. I could live on 70. And I say, that seems like a lot. It seems like a lot of a pay cut. And they say, no, no, no. I've already mapped it out. This is going to work out. I ran a spreadsheet, Mike. Don't worry about it. It's going to work itself out. And then what happens is they do it really well for about four months. Okay. And then they call me and say, hey, something big came up and I had to put on my credit card. And here's what's the, it's always something funny like this. Hey, we had an issue in our bathroom. It's going to cost us 10 grand. I need 15 grand. So why do you need 15 grand? Well, over the last couple of months, I ran up five grand on my credit cards living on my budget. And then, so, then this $10,000. So you weren't living on a budget then. You were putting five grand above your budget on a card. Yeah. And it goes back to that conversation, like understanding it. Don't overspend, but also don't underpredict. Okay. Right. Yep. Don't just assume you can take a major pay cut. Be real, track your actual spending, and some things will change. If you're driving an hour to work to and from in your own car and you're eating out, those will change. You will not do that. However, it takes several days of traveling back and forth and eating lunch to equate to one week of vacation that you wouldn't normally take. Mm -hmm. So it all needs to be built in. Mm -hmm. um, that's the first one. Okay. Understand overspending and don't underestimate it. The second one, understand the long-term effect of inflation. We think of inflation in terms of this month's bills, right? That's mm -hmm. what we, that's what the regular people think. Gosh, grocery used to be eight hundred bucks a month or six hundred. Now it's a yeah. thousand. That's a short term inflationary issue. But we also want to look at the effect of inflation long term on our ability to sustain our portfolio. Will we have enough money the rest of our life? Well, if I run inflation at three percent, what does that mean? Two and a half percent. Well, does your entire all of your expenses do all of your expenses inflate? Well, no, if you have a mortgage, your mortgage doesn't inflate. If you have a car payment, your short-term car payment doesn't inflate. And people say, yeah, my car payment will never inflate. Well, that's not true. Your next car payment might be higher because cars are getting more expensive. I mean, Malibus used to be a cheap car and now they're 35 grand. Impalas used to be a cheaper car. Now they're 45 grand. I mean, so cars are going up. They're yeah. running up in price. Yeah. And so there will be inflation on your future purchases just because you're in a five-year note with your car it'll be fixed for five years and the next one will probably be a little more expensive. But so understanding that don't underestimate the impact of inflation because it really can run away. And all of a sudden you say, well, I wish I'd calculated inflation better. So that's one of the big ones. Understand the cost of inflation okay, and, and a real cost too, right? Because we'll say, well, they're telling me inflation's two and a half percent. That's not what I've experienced at the grocery store. Right. Right. And so to say, well, just because there's this national number based on the consumer price index, great. What is my mid-Michigan? What is the Douglas family number? And the way you do it is you look at your expenses last year. And if you can go back two years or three years, just see how much you spent. Because part of our inflation has nothing to do with cost of groceries. It has to do with the size of my kids. Right? Mm -hmm. I mean, Gavin just turned 13. Oh, boy. Uh, and he's the oldest week. of the three he's boys? The, yes, the oldest Oof. of the three boys. So I'm on the front end of the grocery bell curve. Uh-huh. And, and so with that, it's like, Inflation went up. Groceries got more expensive. But also, my sons went from eating kids' meals when we go out to eat to the oldest two eat full 
grown adult meals. And if we go to like a Wendy's or somewhere, they're getting the double, not the single burger. Yep. They are eating some food. Yep. And so there's all these things that factor up. Whereas a retiring couple with nobody living in the house are subject to just the standard grocery ex- inflation, not grocery plus growth. Right. So everybody's got a different family. If you have unique eating restrictions, all right, well, how much does almond flour go up versus the cost of regular flour? How much does oat milk go up versus the, you know, all these things are kind of unique. We have gluten allergies in my house and the cost of like gluten free stuff versus the other stuff. It's just like, it's exhausting how much more expensive gluten free stuff is. And so to say 2% inflation or 3% or 4% is not accurate for you because your specialized needs. Yeah. Have jumped quite a bit more. Yep. And so be aware of inflation and a real number for your family and just use your old numbers to calculate it. Medical expenses. Yeah. Those are an interesting Huge. one because you pray that they really don't get involved for a long time. But when they hit, they hit. Yeah. And so understand the cost of insurance. If you need to retire early, or you want to retire early. Understand the cost of Medicare and what it's going to cost, plus your supplements, then understand how much you really need to carry in terms of long term coverage, if any, how you pay for those things. The fourth one. Understand your social security benefits. And really, on our website, we have this button. It's lifeplanwealth.com. On our website, we have this button that says Start Your Retirement Roadmap Today. We do this social security stress test, and we can go through and analyze and help you really pick out a good day or a good time to take your social security. And it's not a quick one-off thing because to figure out when to take social security is a complicated answer. It's based on a handful of variables. How much do you have in savings? How old are you? Let's talk about longevity in your family. Do you have a pension? All these different things. Do you want to keep working? Do you want to retire early and work part-time? A lot of this stuff factors in. So I encourage people, if you go to lifeplanwealth.com, there's a button on there, Start Your Retirement Roadmap. It starts this conversation for us to ask you a lot of questions. So uh, lifeplanwealth.com. Understanding your Social Security benefits, don't undervalue them Mm -hmm. because that's a real thing. Like We look at Social Security. If you go to the Social Security website today and you say, what is my benefit when I turn 62? It'll give you a number, but that's in today's dollars. There's another button that says, show me projected future dollars. So what they do is they take a typical inflation rate and run it up because every year your future benefit goes up with inflation. Mm-hmm. So that's a growing number. Understand that element of it, but also understand that on Social Security's website, they say that without major reform, they're going to be cutting all benefits by up to 20% within the next 12 years. So there's a lot of things to understand about Social Security. That's why yeah. it's not a simple one-off answer. Yeah, yeah. The last one is an interesting one. It's retiring too soon. When you retire, the day you retire is the most employable you'll be the rest of your life. Okay. Six months out of a tech workforce might as well be six years outside of the tech workforce. Mm. If you are 60, 58, 62 in that range, and you're an expert in your field, and you retire, most people who do that retire and immediately take on some type of a consulting role doing the same thing, Mm -hmm. but just keeping their finger on the pulse Mm -hmm. because they say, I don't want to be subject to Ford's rules anymore or subject to GM or whatever company you're working for. But if I retire and immediately start working as a consultant, I get the flexibility I want that I'm not subject to the 40 hours or whatever, but I also keep my finger on the pulse. So if I ever did want or need to come back in, I could do it. If you just retire and cut cold, you're like, I'm out of here and you're gone for a year. And then you come back in a year, you've grown a full beard, you've really just, you know, taken on the year and traveled the world. Mm-hmm. And then you come back and you say, all right, Ford, I'm ready to come back to work. And they say, actually, we've already, 
we've already moved on from the way you used to do it, or you we've replaced you and we've got it. We got it figured out while you're gone. So if you're not really ready to hang it up, have that conversation. Understand what your options are because most people think, ah, oh, there's no way I could come back as a consultant for this job. I did it with a teacher. A teacher wanted to retire just because she was getting stressed out with the way it was going. Yeah. And we said, don't necessarily all the way retire. Like retire from your district yeah. and work for virtual teaching for a year. Oh, that's cool. It gave her flexibility. Yeah. She did it for two years, but then she got to a point she said, ah, I miss the classroom. I miss the kids. Yeah. I said, okay, well, that's different. But because she didn't have the gap, now she was a little younger. She's in her young 50s, so it was a little okay. easier for her. Sure. But still, she was able to say, no, I didn't go on sabbatical. I mean, I, I worked, and then I just left this district, worked on virtual for two years, enhanced my computer skills, my ability to communicate through that, and now I'm ready to come back in the classroom. And it actually looked as an enhancement on her. Sure. And so it, it was really a cool thing that I was very excited to hear. Yeah. But that's just understanding that if, when you retire – it's a big decision. Now, as soon as you're ready, and some people know, like, hey, this is it. I'm done. And when that's the case, great. But don't jump out too early with nothing to do. Yeah. Don't go home and sit around with nothing to do. Have a plan of what life looks like. If you're going to retire, what hobbies will fill your schedule? What things will fill your time? How will you interact with a spouse when you both have either been working or one of you has gone and the other one's been home and now you're around each other all the time? Have plans, have trips, have dates, have all those things factored in. Make sure that your life is fulfilling before you retire. That way you don't step in and go, oh, crap, I should have figured some of this stuff out before. And avoid the coulda, shoulda, woulda. Nobody yeah. wants to be nope. in that position when you're in retirement, especially if you're a couple years into retirement and you start having that kind of awakening with the plan or perhaps the lack thereof a plan is what I think a lot of people are led to the coulda, shoulda, woulda in retirement. But this is what Mike and his team are here to help you avoid. It's literally why they exist. So you can begin the conversation today. Just visit us at lifeplanwealth.com. Dot com. When you go there, there is a button right at the top of our page. Start your retirement roadmap today. You can't miss it. You click there and you can begin the conversation that way. We also have links posted in the show notes. So you can just click there as well. Or again, visit us anytime at lifeplanwealth.com. Thanks for listening to Michigan's Retirement Coach with Mike Douglas. To learn more, visit lifeplanwealth.com. Michael Douglas is an investment advisor representative of Stewards Wealth Planning, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Financial professionals are not licensed in all 50 states. To find out if Michael Douglas is licensed in your state, please call 517-323-7526. Stewards Wealth Planning, LLC is not affiliated with nor endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency and does not provide legal or tax advice. Annuity guarantees rely solely on the financial strength and claims paying ability of the issuing insurance company. By contacting us, you may be provided with information about insurance and annuity products offered through Michael B. Douglas, NP. PN number 9650939.